Hello, everybody. This is Joshua Holt with the City and the Sound Podcast. I know I've been gone for a minute, just been busy with a few things, but we're back. Today's podcast, we're interviewing R&B artist Giovanni Akami. And before we get started with today's podcast, what I want you to do is open your ears, expand your mind, and listen to this. So we are here today with Giovanni Akami. Yep. How's it going today? Um, it's good. I had a uh, graduation pictures what? earlier today, and then I had a bunch of meetings for work. So. Okay. So you a? You, I guess you're currently in college right now. I am. Yeah, and I graduate uh, December fourteenth. Okay. So. so what's your major currently in? Uh, so it's graphic design and user experience design. Oh, okay. So there's like a certain like, is it kind of just like kind of freestyle art or kind of just like you need kind of kind of sort of graphics? Um, not really. I mean, it's mostly web-based graphics because mm-hmm. I want to be in the tech industry, which I am in the tech industry now, but I want to stay in it. So um, a lot of what I do is just web-based design. Oh, dope. Cool. Yeah. So like, so it kind of... With your music and everything, what did you kind of listen to growing up? Uh, whatever my mom and my grandmother listened to. But since my grandma raised me, I mostly listened to what she liked, which is Motown. Um, yeah. So anything on Motown, we would listen to. Um, and we would go on a lot of road trips together. And so she would have Motown CDs playing. Um, and we'd also listen to Keith Sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Like every morning on my way to school, uh-huh. um, you know, 
there would be this radio station and they'd have like uh i don't know if you've heard it before i don't know if it's just like a huntsville thing but it starts out with like oh 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 it's the tom, tom joiner I, <laughs> I have nightmares of uh, that 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 let me know i was going to school every morning i was like don't play that. <laughs> yes exactly i always think about <laughs> tom joiner show in school hmm. like always and so we'd listen to that in the morning and stuff like that so um yeah i mean like luther vandross is probably one of my favorite artists that she introduced me to and marvin gay of course so mm-hmm. Would you say like Marvin Gaye is like your favorite like Motown singer? I guess from from that kind of era. Mm, probably, mm-hmm. I don't know, because that's that was pretty much my grandma's favorite, and she also liked Teddy Pendergrass, and mm-hmm. he's really cool. Uh, there's also Sade, of yeah. course, which I think she's she's younger in comparison to when they came out, but um, and then Prince, like my mom loved Prince, so that he's. I guess he's the reason why she started playing guitar Mm -hmm. and then she's the reason why I started playing guitar. So I'd like to say it was really just Prince (laughs) (laughs) that that got me into that part of my life. Mm -hmm. So is there always kind of been like a musical like history in your family? Uh, Yeah. So my mom and my uncle, they were DJs in high school. And then my mom went on a tour with, it wasn't Earth, Wind and Fire. I forgot who it was. What? But the same kind of like, yeah, I think there were people that were in the same like musical genre. Yeah. So they were really popular, like Earth, Wind and Fire. I just can't think of the name of them right now. And so she would um she was on the soundboard mm-hmm. uh typically during those types of shows. And so she also played the guitar. Um I don't think she sang, but she wasn't any bands. She mostly just did audio stuff. Uh my grandma, she was a teacher. So yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> So, like, when you were young, were you, like, kind of exposed to, like, any shows that, I guess, your mom went to, like, mixing-wise? Um, so, by the time I was born, she was already pretty much done mm-hmm. with that part of her life. Uh, but we would go to some shows together. We'd go to those, like, they reminded me of, like, family cookout type of shows. Like, it'd be, like, how you'd have, like, multiple bands playing. Oh, yeah. Like- all the aunts and uncles would be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would just be a really good time. People are just like cooking out on the side. And yeah, those are the kind of shows that she introduced me to. Oh, okay. So I guess you kind of took after her, like sort of playing guitar. Yeah, pretty much. When I heard her play Purple Rain on the guitar, that's when I got really interested. I'm like, how do you do that? And she's like, uh, you need to go get lessons. Because <laughs> so, she just played by ear. So there was no way that she was going to be able to teach me. So yeah. I started taking guitar lessons here in Huntsville and from Ron Jeffries. He's a really good guitarist. Yeah. That man's fingers look like rocks. <laughs> like rocks. What I mean by that is <laughs> like, like the calluses are so deep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Impenetrable. <laughs> I think. Um... I guess people with R&B as a genre, I guess it's so much associated with piano because those chord changes can be kind of really complex. You know, those minor nights, those major sevens, anything like that. So like, but yeah, let's like, listen to... Yeah, like D'Angelo. Yes, that like stuff like Brown Sugar, like um, that Black Messiah album. Like those are some complex chord changes that like... And I know he played a lot of guitar on that album, but it's... At least I, I don't see people usually play guitar in R&B, but I feel like as of recent, there's people like... Leanne Lahavis, Corinne Bailey Ray, yeah, who like yeah. play guitar, like Daniel Caesar. So like, would mm. you, would you say like approaching your music with guitar, was it kind of interesting to kind of use, use guitar as a starting point for doing kind of R&B music? 
Um, initially, I did not start out with R&B music at all. <laughs> I was really, uh, like, when I really, really started playing without having to like, learn, um, I think the first song that I learned was, like, a Panic at the Disco song. So that's the kind of music that I was into at the time. I mean, I was, like, 13 going on 14. Yeah. Um, so I was getting pretty angsty. And all that jazz. So I was in my like scene kid, emo kid phase. So that's what I was learning. And then later I got into uh, learning how to play R&B style music. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like coming can... back to my roots. It's kind of working your way around there. So I guess like when you started to make your music, were you trying to start kind of consciously making, I guess, music, I guess, sort of in that kind of rock stuff that you're listening to or like it kind of just like flowed back to R&B, as you said? Uh, it was weird. Okay, so I loved Paramore. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to be like uh, Haley. Williams. I forgot the lead singer. Yes, Haley. Mm. I really wanted to be like Haley, and so I started learning a lot of music that was similar to Paramore, and also Paramore music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I found that to be really hard because of really tiny baby hands, <laughs> and so <laughs> um, I was like, okay, f this. I'm gonna go into folk music. Because <laughs> folk music, you know, it's like so easy to play. Yeah. And so that's like the level I just like stayed at. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting a little more intricate with it. And then mm-hmm. I somehow like accidentally got into R&B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it's like, like there are so many chords that were kind of similar to folk. And like I was trying to find my voice. Mm-hmm. And it took a really, really long time for me to find my voice. Um, I don't think I actually found it until I was probably about 19 or 20. And so um, once I found my voice, that's when I started fitting my voice or fitting my guitar with my voice and like all the tunes that I wanted to sing and write to. It just started fitting with that, that vibe I finally found, which was R&B. So I guess like when you say in your folk phase, the, like what kind of the kind of some of the folk music you were kind of like listening to at the time, the kind of. Uh, the Civil Wars. Um, who else? Uh, I can't think of who it is. They were really, really popular back then. Uh, mm-hmm. Hold on. I'm going to Google it real quick. Popular quick folk music. <laughs> Was it Mumford & Sons? Yes, Mumford & Sons. So a lot of music that was like that but yeah so i I found like some really good artists that Mm -hmm. i listened to so edward sharp and the magnetic zeros oh Oh, my they're good there's some beautiful like regressions in there yeah i think yes music is that like um i think it's really i guess when people get into is there's just i guess extensive use of like harmonies like how yeah you know pretty i guess stuff that's what i loved about folk the most and I loved it so much that I ended up joining a folk band oh okay and so I think that's where I started really like I was on the track to finding my voice at that point because Mm -hmm. I was added onto the band to do um, harmonies with the female artist and the male artist in the group and um, I eventually got some lead parts and so I started pushing myself more and I started practicing a lot more um and I'm just like, yeah, like this, this, I started listening back to my recordings of myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I, I just started practicing and taking it more seriously. And so 
the more that I did that, the more I found my voice. Um, I started getting into more jazz music mm-hmm. because I think I've, I found Leon La Havas and it was, no, 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 no. This was before Leon La Havas. This was when Etta James, is that her name? The, uh, I guess, At Last, I'd Rather Be Blind. Yeah, her, and then there was another artist who's really jazzy, and they do those, like, really jazzy, like, like, riffs, you know what I mean? I found more stuff like that, and I really, really got into that, really wanted to learn how to do those types of riffs with my voice. I kind of outgrew the band that I was in because I was now going towards, like, a different type of genre, right? And so that's when I started getting into more R&B type music and so there is like a song uh that i think really accentuates that uh time in my life where i really found my my sound which was um coleman's uh groove Mm -hmm. i sang over that that uh that instrumentation i think the song was called uh i gotta go to my soundcloud (laughs) (laughs) because it's been so long since i heard any of my older songs um it was called maybe you're right mm-hmm. oh and i was really into flying lotus oh yeah his too. his instrumental is like him thundercat like whole like that whole song <sighs> they have so just i know don't even get me started okay <laughs> like I think I found Flying Lotus because I was watching a lot of Adult Swim. And they have the bumps in between the commercials they would play. Like yeah, they had those. And then they also had um, Off the Air. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And they just had really, really good music. And I'm like, what is this show? This is awesome. Like, this is the place to find great music. I was like, I was on SoundCloud, too, finding really good music there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I found more popular I, I I should say instead of like indie R and B artists yeah. through Adult Swim, <laughs> I, I I feel like um I guess Adult Swim like it's so popular now, but I feel like back in the day I guess kind of our generation where like you would listen to their like their in commercial breaks and stuff to like hear that kind of vibey music. Where now it's kind of you listen to like a lo-fi hip hop chill playlist and it was be on the background. But like as a, as a teenager, it's like what is this music that's like being played right now? You'd, like immediately like search it up. Yeah. 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 So like um, so like your voice reminds me a lot of like as in Leon Lahavis, it's like Georgia Smith, Corinne Bailey Ray, and those kind of, I guess there's I guess sort of a new wave of kind of I guess British singer songwriters. Did you like listening to those kind of artists when kind of developing your sound? Yes, <laughs> I've listened <laughs> to all of them. <laughs> and in fact, like I loved, I used to listen to Corinne Bailey Ray all the time, and. I used to teach guitar for a little bit and I turned one of my students on to Corinne Paley Ray and I had her for her uh, recital <laughs> do one of her songs. What song was that? Um, I think it's just like a star. I think that's what it was. That one. Yeah. yeah. So we, uh, we actually performed that one together. So that was one of the biggest highlights <laughs> of my life. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess like, um, I guess kind of see that you just kind of in like a home kind of studio setup. So do you mostly kind of record at home when it comes to songs you make? Yep. <laughs> I actually like, haven't recorded in a uh, professional studio mm-hmm. 
since I was maybe 14 when I got first introduced to it. Yeah. Yeah, because my, um, my guitar teacher, Ron, he saw that I was really interested in singing and just wanted me to get that experience mm. of what a real studio was. Yeah. And so after that, um, I had a friend. She gave me a snowball microphone for my birthday um, off the races <laughs> exactly because before then it was just like a, i had like a tape recorder and stuff yeah. and, I, and it, that was just trash oh my god those tapes would get messed up so easily mm-hmm. from just rewinding yeah that. i'm trying to get it back mm-hmm. exactly so that just it wasn't happening um so luckily i had a laptop and had that snowball mic upgraded to a yeti and then finally got like a rode nt1a mm-hmm. and that has just been lasting me for years now. So, <laughs> and it's been doing great because um, at the end of the day, as long as you get like a clean take, yeah, you know, as long as the, comp- the producer is good and can process the vocals, it'll sound like it was in a, a good studio, you know, or a professional really, studio. Yeah. I think like the music, I listen to your stuff and just like, I think with sometimes a home recordings, you can kind of, I mean, if, if let's just the vibe to go forward and kind of sound kind of, home recording it gets kind of boxy but your stuff sounds really wide open and good you know as being as a home recording type stuff yeah thank you oh, i appreciate no that yeah i am um... by the way wait, wait wait something's wrong with your mic it sounds like you're talking through a bag of chips is it better now yes okay i don't know it's this thing is weird like yeah it's, this is like a technically this is a dynamic mic but i just have this huge mixer in front of it so i'm just trying to like monitor it because it's it's all it's all thing um and before i got on i was like what is happening my microphone it wasn't like it was cutting in and out so i don't know um i might have to mess with the audio levels after i'm done <laughs> yeah yeah um so i think it's really i think as far as music going and stuff pop and r&b and stuff i think that the most interesting music i guess right now i would think um is being made all by female artists not not to discount male artists but i think all the most interesting music and the best music um is being made by female artists so do you kind of kind of think you're kind of like a part of that mold of people who are kind of making like female artists making really interesting and kind of dope music okay so i think so Mm -hmm. maybe like doja cat this girl just came out with a metal cover i I would say so yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was so I was like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> it was so good. And she was head banging. I'm like, this is great. And I see that, you know, so many different uh like artists like her, they're open and willing to exploring other mm-hmm. genres and just having fun with it. And you know, it's no longer this era where women have to show like I'm so vulnerable and mm-hmm. all my music is just about love and breakups and shit like uh, Taylor Swift, for example. No hate on Taylor Swift. <laughs> Good. But, yeah. um, you know, you know, that's the type of like music that she makes or mm-hmm. like Lana Del Rey, for example. She's also this, that type of artist who explores her vulnerability out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Like, some of the newer tracks that I am about to come out with are mostly just about a regular person, you know. Um, you, It's not really gender-based, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, like, in one song, you know, I talk about someone who smokes to relieve stress. <laughs> and, like, uh, another song that I have is about, like, a, a dreaming about having, like, an anime adventure 
you know, so stuff that I'm like really interested in as a person mm-hmm. versus topics that are targeted towards my gender yeah. and, and targeted towards other people's genders. Because mm-hmm. really, at the end of the day, I just want to sing about stuff that I like to yeah. talk about. I think one thing that's good about your music, it's really relatable. I think that sometimes with songwriting, um, songwriters, especially really popular ones, can kind of do these like grand concepts that I guess can kind of apply to everybody. But I think by being more personal and stuff, it's it feels it feels like you get to know the songwriter a lot more as opposed to just singing about a you know a huge subject that I guess kind of everyone can relate to, you know. Yeah. And you know what? You know what I was thinking about? Like I was listening to music in the shower the other day mm-hmm. and I uh, I heard this song. I forgot who it was by, but it was a female artist. And maybe you know, I, mm-hmm. you can say that, but you never know what someone's gender is until yeah. they explicitly tell you. But mm-hmm. um, I would assume that she was a female artist, and she was singing about another woman in her song. Then she switched it up and started talking about a guy too. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like in the song that she had multiple partners and that's something that I like never really hear from female artists is Mm -hmm. like really just you know saying hey like I I love both of these people and there's another person that did that um oh what's the name his name starts with an L and he's a producer Lude Ludo Mm -hmm. Ludo came out with an album I want to say a couple of years ago and it was with a female artist maybe Mm -hmm. and she talked about like polyamory in one of her songs and that's like another taboo topic that no one would have really talked about in like my grandma's genre yeah or like during that during that time when she listened to like Motown music I was always about like kind of like cheating on somebody or (laughs) I got somebody on the side Uh, but like you don't know about it and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that but now it seems like everyone is so much more open with their sexuality and they just talk about it mm-hmm. i'm here for it like i love it i can't remember what the question was but i totally just wanted <laughs> no, to, you're good. to bring this up because it's just i haven't even gotten to talk about it with anybody yet and yeah. i just i find it so interesting that this is where we are i do think um i guess kind of if you kind of look at old i guess kind of like such motown stuff for like 80s stuff um, like Whitney Houston stuff like that so much of those songs were written by other people so I guess the person who's singing them's viewpoint wasn't really a factor into the music they were making as far as songwriting goes but now people like you know Beyonce Rihanna or um her you know their music their personal lives and the things that they do are so so, like are so much a part of their music they do it's not just from you know a a group of songwriters right Mm-hmm. exactly and i think that's exactly what happened with um the artist who sang with on ludo's uh album i kind of find out who it was ludo featuring lord lord <laughs> no <laughs> i used to like lord too i feel like uh when when billy Eilish came out i was like man they just destroyed lord oh, like, he just took God. her's place <laughs> Yeah, like Billy's first song. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how uh, it went? Was it Ocean Eyes? Is that the first song she did, or is it not? I think so. she was like in a desert or something mm-hmm. in the music video. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that song. Mm-hmm. That was just, I was so mind blown. 
Yeah. Like how good <laughs> it was. was. I'm like, yay. <laughs> Someone I can relate to because at some point I could relate to Lord, but not as long as I've been able to relate to Billie, Billie. Eilish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so cool. So cool. And she's also another one of those people that kind of looks like gender fluent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I like that. I really like that. One thing, cool. Another thing I was uh, thinking about, because um, for a side note, you mentioned kind of anime and everything. Um, I, I can kind of see like a kind of the influence of anime culture and stuff like that. And then you're, it was really funny. Your last name is uh, Okami. And I was like, oh, like the video game Okami with the, with the, with the, <laughs> with the dog that is the paintbrushes. Like, <laughs> is there like kind of like a influence of kind of like anime culture and kind of like, I guess, from the, I guess a, a lesser, better word, like geek culture kind of in that your kind of music? Um. So my newer music, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. My, like, weeb side <laughs> comes out. Because I, you know, like, the older I've gotten and the more that I've started, like, breaking out of this kind of box where I felt like I had to fit inside of. Mm-hmm. Um, now I really, really get to sing and talk about whatever I want. And I, th- you know what? I have to thank um, freaking... Uh, you just said his name earlier. He's a bassist. Thundercat. And he also yeah, said, yes, he Thundercat. Does such nerd culture, Dragon Ball. I know, man. Like when you know when I I like saw him, I was just like, okay, I can do it. I can be who I want to be. Mm-hmm. This is great. Uh, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and write my own lyrics about weeb shit if I want to. <laughs> so that's what I did, and um, yeah, so. None of that music has been released. I do have some uh, short uh, clips of it mm-hmm. on my Instagram, but that's it. So maybe this year or next year, we'll have that stuff mixed and mastered. And we're trying to figure out like a plan for how we want to release it. Mm-hmm. Because we do want to get some funding so that we can promote it. Yeah. Because uh, right now I'm, you know, baby artist. Mm-hmm. I'm not like famous or anything. I'm not like, I don't have like, a lot of cash flow coming in yeah um so we'll have to you know talk to some labels and and see if anyone wants to help us promote this and i hope it happens honestly i'd like to be thundercat level famous i think thundercat is a perfect little famous because he seems like a pretty chill guy but also like you know he's on Kendrick lamar stuff you know he gets to work with a lot of people who are you know you know people who are admirable in the kind of in that scene exactly yeah i think that's kind of the path that i want to go down and like work with somewhat the same artists that he does, including himself. That would be so cool. I think uh, as I was telling someone, the perfect level of fame is like that that NPR Tiny Desk concert famous for like <laughs> you you can you can play shows and like theaters and stuff, open up for people. You do like a Tiny Desk concert. People are like you gotta check that out if you haven't heard this is dope. But you know, but you can like still yeah. go to places and like just be yourself and not and not be undetected. You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I would love that. I I don't think I ever want to be like Beyonce level famous, mm-hmm. dear God. Like I just that's like one of my biggest fears, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, with releasing music, mm-hmm. is because the more that I release things that I find to be really good and I think it's gonna really resonate with people out there, the more I know that it's gonna be shared more, mm-hmm. um, talked about more, and more interviews such as this one mm-hmm. and then this like other dream that I have which is being a user experience designer it's like where does that fit in mm-hmm. to a lifestyle that's 
now called like like famous Fame, yeah you know um so that's the scary thing about like releasing music and releasing your face out in public i know like uh dear god elena baraz for a while she did not show her face mm-hmm. at all she didn't perform she strictly stayed internet based yeah and like a part of me wishes that i had done that <laughs> and just you know been a mystery mm-hmm. until i was ready to feel like i could i could release my face into the world but it's too late now and that's okay <laughs> the good thing about kind of being cast anonymous you like someone like you know daft punk or her is that you kind of get to control the following around you because you know you just control all the information about it so you can just control the whole stream of that kind of stuff right exactly mm-hmm. control is important for mm-hmm. anyone you know and this is something that could easily get out of control yeah once more people anytime more people are involved communication always gets skewed somehow mm-hmm. um, misinterpretations can happen yeah uh, different interpretations can happen um and it just gets messy. I mean, like, for example, I used to love Meg the Stallion mm-hmm. a lot until I found out that she uh, was trying to beat up Tory Lanez. And, like, of course, it's not right for him to shoot her in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> I am not defending him for doing that. But um, I don't know. I just don't condone violence. And, like, if we're if we're all trying to be more transparent as artists, mm-hmm. um I'm not going to separate Meg the Stallion from whatever her real name is. Yeah. Like if this is who you really are, I don't fuck with you. Cause I wouldn't be friends with you in real life. Mm-hmm. So why would I support you? And I don't even know you. You know what I mean? And I get it. Like no one is perfect. Mm-hmm. I've done stuff. That's that makes me imperfect as well. But um, as an artist, you got to be a little more careful. I think um, yeah. public you um kind of have to put on a different face um but still try to be you but i don't know it's so complicated man it's really complicated would you say the 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 i guess the musician in you and kind of you and your personal life would you say they're kind of one and the same and not kind of like two separate you know kind of identities in that way Mm, i definitely do have some kind of well, I started out with a different identity at first, mm-hmm. uh, but now I'm just me. So if I ever make a post on Instagram, which is like my go-to nowadays, um, then it's just me. Yeah. I don't try to uh, premeditate anything really, mm-hmm. unless I'm, I'm like, I think I'm ready to like post something today, but that's as far as it goes. Yeah. There's not like a PR team being like, all right, this is the persona you created. We got to post them this this time, this day. Yeah. I don't want to get to that that phase. Yeah. Either. Summer Walker is a good example of, well, actually, I don't know anymore. Because Summer Walker, are you familiar with Summer Walker? The name sounds really familiar. Like I can, I, I can visualize it, but I can't put a finger on it. So she's a newer R&B artist. Mm-hmm. I think she started gaining popularity like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, definitely check out her music. I think you would love it. Uh, but she has slowly changed with fame. Like yeah. at first, she was much more like me, mm-hmm. like uh, a little more reserved, uh, just liked recording herself, like playing the guitar and posting it and stuff and sharing it with fans and playing like really chill R&B music. But then she got with um, 
another artist. Jesus, why can't I remember his name? He's a producer. He's a really famous producer with like rappers, uh, mm -hmm. London on the track. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that. And so that's that's when her sound changed. And um, I don't know, I feel like artists kind of drop off. I don't, I don't really, there's always some kind of like pivotal moment. Yeah. From no one really knows me to everyone knows me. Mm -hmm. And it's really important for what an artist does during that transition because it can either change them completely or keep them the same. Like Thundercat, I think he's just going to stay the same no matter what. Yeah, I think it really kind of depends on, you know, the goals you want. You know, if you get like a manager or something like that and your kind of goal is like, I want to be as popular as I can, then, you know, you kind of start to change, you know, your vibe and personality, you know, to kind of fit that kind of intention. Right. Yeah. You're, you create a persona. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking of working producers, you did um, the sporting life. So like, how did that come about? Uh, so my friend Brandon and I, we've been friends for, I want to say, geez, five years, I mm -hmm. think. Um, and I met him because through a mutual friend who played a show in Huntsville and we played at the same show. And so I got to know the, that mutual friend went to Birmingham, mm -hmm. uh, which is where Brandon is from. And then we just kind of like hit it off. I was like, Oh, cool. You make cool beats. And so um, he also plays the bass and he might play another instrument. I don't know. And he also raps too. He's a really good rapper. Triple threat. <laughs> yeah. And he knows a lot about politics. Mm -hmm. um, and he's also a, a really good writer, too. That's what he went to school for. And so, um, yeah, we would just, like, all hang out together and laugh and joke. And then we got, like, a band together. Then our mutual friend moved. And so um, Brandon hit me up, and he was like, hmm, what do you think about this track? Should we just continue on without, like, our mutual friend? Mm -hmm. I was like, mm, sure. And so we eventually just created a bunch of tracks together. And yeah. so we have a lot more that we need to release, too. But um, we just released this EP to kind of put it out there. Because we've been sitting on it for a while now. So it just needed to be out in the world. Yeah. It, it's, it's such a cool vibe to it because, you know, certain songs remind me of stuff like uh portis head but then there's you have the song photosynthesis which reminds me of like almost like astro gabilto because that's really kind of bossa nova saxophone and stuff yes which mm -hmm. i love bossa nova yeah too like the girl from impanima oh mm -hmm. dude 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 like that's just it's my jam and i can hear like kind of that influence in the kind of music you do because a lot of that those bossa nova songs are just really about kind of tightly plucked you know acoustic guitars yeah exactly mm -hmm. Exactly. I love it. So kind of what have you kind of been listening to, I guess, kind of like music wise since like, you know, COVID has happened. Let's go see what I've been listening to. Um, recently, my fiance found some really good, like Scandinavian Icelandic Ooh. music. Yeah. Let me see if I can find what he sent me. Uh, other than that, like I, I've been listening to the new Ariana Grande album. I am a fan because she has an incredible angelic voice. Her voice is amazing. <sighs> so amazing. Um, and who else have I been listening to? Oh, I listened to uh, Mac Ayers mm -hmm. the other day uh, just because Ariana Grande's new album 
has a lot more R&B influence to it than it ever has. And um, there's a couple of songs on her album I thought that Mac Ayres, like, hands down, had done the production on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he didn't, but I just had to listen to pretty much all of his music anyway and find it out. Uh, there's... Let's see here. Mm, I'm trying to find out the name of this. Music by Cicada. Okay. Most Emotional Music, Over the Sea, Under the Water. Okay, that's what it's called. So Over the Sea, Under the Water by Cicada. And this music is kind of like... How do I describe it? It's just emotional. I've been listening to a lot of like emotional instrumentation too. It helps me when I work. Uh, things that start out with like uh, violins mm-hmm. and have piano and have some synth in the background, but it's mostly organic yeah. uh, instruments that are involved. Um, it's really calming and, and peaceful. Um, but I also like, let's see here. I'm looking at my music, uh, Takashi. Ko Kubo, mm-hmm. you know who that is. That sounds really familiar. Uh, he has like some. Um, it's like Japanese. Uh, like, uh, how do I describe it? If I had a soundtrack for my life, it would probably <laughs> be by him <laughs> because the sounds are just so natural and and uh, relaxing, but also somewhat adventuristic. Um, I want to tell you some more music that I've been listening to. Where's my history? Because I used to use Spotify a lot, um, but I finally ventured over to YouTube and, and just so started listening to playlists that, from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? You know who I've been listening to? Heavy. Who's that? I actually had to take a break. Um, Blackpink. Oh, that sounds. Oh, I feel like I know who that is, but K-pop. Oh, K-pop. Okay. <laughs> yes. Mm. Oh my God, I love, love, love Blackpink. Will there be any so new K-pop much. influences, like in the music that's gonna be coming out soon? Uh-huh. Going for that sound. Not the same kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Like they have that, like, like the way that they sing and dance is very like I'm a badass chick. Yeah. And in my music, it's like. I am an introverted weeaboo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it, it's, it's kind of like poppy too. It's like mm-hmm. a poppy R and B. Um, my music. Yeah. So, but uh, I started listening to them actually after I finished recording this album. So there's really not much influence, unfortunately. I'm sure mm-hmm. they would have influenced me though. Oh wait, you know what? I lied. I'm sorry. I lied. There is a song that they did with Lady Gaga, and it's very like Vogue esque mm-hmm. style. Yeah. That like uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's the synth where you hit a key like really fast, and it's like do 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 do. You know what I mean? Like it's got that. I don't really know how to describe it other than saying it like that. It's but a synth, um, yeah. yeah uh, so there was a song. Our last song that we worked on for the album has that kind of like Vogue vibe to mm-hmm. it. But that's it. Cool. So I, I guess in the future, are you going to kind of like um, impulse to kind of work with like a, I guess sort of like a live band and kind of like a studio setting? 
as going forward that would be really cool mm-hmm. actually um i would love like something that i love the most is exactly what um doja cat did mm-hmm. with her song um and so you know how she got like the metal guitars and yeah. shit together and i've always dreamed of having like a full band convert all of my music to just like a dope ass like we're all gonna jam and have fun like Mm -hmm. everybody gets a chance to really shine and show off like how good they are at their instrument Mm -hmm. like that's something that i always love at shows is those like whoa they really did that you know (laughs) it's not it's not just about the the center stage artist is about everyone who's involved exactly and that's something that i like i just love 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 shows like that there's something really cool about like especially when like you know you have like kind of taking hip-hop beats something like that um and you translate to live instrumentation just like seeing the way it's completely reinterpreted in that format yeah yeah oh well i really want to thank you (laughs) no no you get i really want to thank you for this interview i think your music is super dope and i can't wait to hear from like the new stuff that's going to come out um do you kind of know when it's going to come out definitively depends when we can get it mixed and mastered so <laughs> maybe later this year or early next year and okay. also depends on when we get a label to to back it mm-hmm. so it's really dependent it sucks though i kind of want to just release it all yeah and have it out there and share it with all my friends but i have to have self-control so <laughs> well i think the label is going to pick it up because it's going to sound fucking dope so <laughs> thank you i mean i hope they at least pick up most of them there's yeah. one song that's about my dog's butt so because <laughs> i have a corgi and he's got a really fluffy butt so. <laughs> i don't I'm, know if I'm anyone's sure gonna want it, it but. i'm sure it'll pass it thundercat did a whole song <laughs> about his cat so it'll, it'll be okay <laughs> oh man cool well, well hey thanks for those interviews no it's it no great. problem Thank you. You, yeah thanks giovanni for being interviewed today for this podcast if you want to listen to her music, you can find it on Spotify or any streaming platform to hear her solo work or her work also with the sporting life. I'll see you guys on the next one.